Sloppy sexy Rolex China 58 loves your photo. Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. Oh, hi, Dan. How are you? How is everything uh, way up there? Oh, my goodness. Up here? Let me check. Good. The train is very loud this morning. <laughs> Did you say Broderbund or bro- Broderbund? Broder- Broderbund. Broderbund. <laughs> hi. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Photo disc out of reach? Problematic? Mm. Car ride to the books a million? Hi. I'm Broderbund. I'm Broderbund. <laughs> you you may remember me from the Ultimate Football League. <laughs> remember Ultimate Football? I do. Yes, is that you, what it was called? U- no, extreme, UFL. extreme, extreme. What was the one they pioneered? Like having a camera on the field and uh, funny names. Yeah, I like there the was, funny names. I don't know. I, I I get confused about all the alternate sports universes. <laughs> Um, I'm not even that familiar with 616, but I think there was a guy, if I remember correctly, you're going to need to Google this for me. Okay. I think there was a guy and you know, you could have a funny name on your shirt. Okay. And there was a player named he hate me. (laughs) Please go. I'm Googling it now. Rod smart. Rod smart. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why did, why, 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 why he hate him? He, he, he played in the XFL. Okay. He was running back for the Las Vegas Outlaws and was known by the nickname "He Hate Me." <laughs> I don't know what this means. But he I don't... hate me. Oh! But then he played for the Panthers, and then even played in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, like 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 a like a, an ex- extreme uh, super alternate. Are you looking bowl? forward to the Super Bowl this coming weekend? Oh, it's this weekend. I am so my God, Dan. Oh man, it's like this is my Christmas. Oh, this is, yeah. Yes, yeah. meaning it starts way too early, and I, I, I really don't care by the time Five it Five days, six hours, 24 Woo! minutes. February 2nd, 6.30 p.m. ET. What time will you be over? And do you want? Do you prefer hot dogs, or do you prefer uh, an all-beef patty? Uh, I would take a patty dog and okay. some Velveeta. By the way, Velveeta, I believe, is a pasteurized processed cheese food product. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. Right. I they just listened to one of your live shows that wasn't live, and I'm kind of confused. Oh, right. I was talking to Mike Hurley about that. Mike H. H. Hurley. H. Hurley. Hurley. That's not funny. I'm going to stop doing that. Do you think it funny? (laughs) Why? 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 Oh, it's from Lakeland, Dan. He hate me. He hate me. It's from Lakeland. (laughs) Lakeland, Lakeland, Florida. He hate me. The the longer I've been back since Florida, the, the less fondly I remember it. Like I was excited about going. Oh, thought maybe I'll find some good things there, and then no. And people so have people have gotten upset. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yes, I, we huh. actually got some email. Huh. Let me read one of the emails oh, that I, if I can find me? it. Huh. I'm gonna have to find it because it was a very it was there was actually cursing in the you know what? Ooh, was it was it was it plaintive? It was like I've all, oh it was a oh it was a tweet so, it was a tweet. Uh, well, uh, so uh, I've always considered myself uh, a, a lapsed fan of your show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I I don't see it in here, but uh, it was uh, that wasn't was, that person. That was just that was a notional person who used yeah. to like the show. It was an you know, impression of an impersonation. Yes, it was an imperson. Yes, impersonal. <laughs> anyway, he, she he said something me. like, he hate me. I've spent every summer of my, she's a college student, and she says, 
I've spent every summer of my life in Florida and I've never seen the rudeness that you have there. And you can really be, I'll say the word jerk. You can really be a jerk for a nice guy. You're a real jerk or something like that. I think that's a totally understandable response, but she didn't have to live there. Yeah. It is different when you summer in Florida compared to when you're living there and trying to work there. Well, there's all kinds of verbs you can do there as long as you get to leave. No, it's a, it's a fine, <laughs> it's a fine place. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And see, this is, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's under, I think it's, I think it's, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the person who, who, who tooted that, that we. Yeah, I didn't mean to upset in, her. We were not, we were not trying to impugn Florida except in as much as we were deliberately trying to impugn Florida. Yes. The, it's just but let's just be yeah. honest. It's not Florida. It's the people in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> see on. now I want to see now, now. but see no one emails you sure I imagine they do you just given up why do they hate him who Rod Smart is it <laughs> when he says I don't know so he hate me is that is that who is who is he and is is Rod Smart me yeah I don't, I don't know I don't know like my yeah, favorite thing me. is is when my two year old says uh him instead of his. This oh, is cu- yeah. I think that is the cutest thing in the, in the entire world. Um, like, she'll say, where is him shirt? Oh, that's so cute. Love that. Oh, that's so cute. My daughter is uh, at, a, at a point where, you know, I can understand what she says by and large. She's six. But she, I try to gently correct her on things like verb tense. And and things like that. Like what? She like what well, do do? she'll well. But the funny part is her reaction. So I'll say something. She'll say something like, um, "I shoot an I shoot an arrow at my bed," and I say, "You yeah, you shot an arrow at your bed." She says, "I say shoot it." Yeah, <laughs> because it's a matter of preference. Yeah, both yeah, of them are fine. But like, I don't want her to stop doing it. I like it. I think it's the cutest thing in the world. I don't want to correct her. I like when she says that. I've been having bad dreams about my daughter growing up. Oh, no. And um, so I keep demanding that she stop growing up. She's, she is, she, again, adamant. She refuses. So I've considered getting to her, you know, like foot binding, maybe get some kind of a small, uh, a small child box. You get a built-to-purpose uh, artisanal box that'll keep <laughs> your kid a certain size. Because I, I hear it turns out a lot of growth happens at night. So I figure if I can uh, nip that in the bud, maybe get her smoking, like light cigarettes. Oh, yeah, some, like lights, like hundreds. Sure, sure, and it's you could uh, you know you could get like the uh, what are they called the Native American spirits? You can get the uh, the ones that are uh, locally sourced farm to table cigarettes. Mm. Organic, almost, they call them organic. They're almost good for you. Well, they're beneficial. You know, I, 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 hmm, hmm. you know, there is one. Turns out, there is. I'm given to believe a certain chronic gastrointestinal. Uh, uh, condition mm-hmm. that the, one of the very, very, very few pretty positive ways to help this chronic condition is nicotine. I mean, you can start her on that at any age. Now, when you smoke, is it? It's the smoke that's bad for you, right? It's just the smoke that's bad for you. But if the nicotine is is provided in situ, like if you get it through a wizard cigarette, <laughs> is, is that still bad? My if you could like one of those is, one of those Ethernet cigarettes that's got Simpson smokes. My understanding is that it is it is the 
thing, the stuff in the smoke that's really bad. And that, that nicotine is sort of like caffeine in the sense that it may be addictive, but the amount of harm, I mean, we're both doctors, so we should know better, but yeah, yes, that, that the nicotine isn't descent, isn't that harmful, just like caffeine isn't harmful in and of itself. It's the, all the, the smoke and the impurities and stuff. You get the impurities, you get the toxins, right? You get the off-gassing or, or out-gassing, as you, as you say. Yeah. And I, I think anything that rhymes with Ean, if it's in science, is not yeah. by itself bad for you. Right. Right? So you got nicotine. That good. Benzedrine. Good. These, see, it's not in, with the benzedrine. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could have that in a way that you got it without all of the uh, narcoleptic uh, uh, byproducting, yeah. you would get uh, just a pure dose of the uh, pharmaceutical health weight. <sighs> It's really early, Dan. Yeah, we're doing this at an earlier an earlier time. We're trying it to see if it works for you. Yes. Dan? How does it feel? Mm. Yeah. I'm not encouraging people to smoke. No, you by ever, all means, you ever, no. You ever heard the phrase throat hit? Yes, I have heard that. Do you know that's a term? It's a term. That's the term that, that explains how much you feel the... Ethernet cigarette. Yeah, the ether, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what we're doing is <clears throat> still I still haven't had my egg. <clears throat> what we're doing is we're trying something earlier. Even though something like three years of recording have taught us that eleven is an optimal time, <laughs> eleven Pacific is an optimal scientific time mm-hmm. to do the show for, for both of us to be on top of our game. All right. Um I mean I, I don't think, you know, just standing on the ceremony of success. <laughs> is not something that we would do here. <laughs> right. So we've moved the show two hours earlier, <clears throat> and um, we're going to see how that goes. Man. It's not two hours. Or, okay. You know what? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you like how that feels? Yeah. In your face, in your nicotine. Yeah. Benzedrine. He hate me. No, no. We've been recording at 10 for a while, which has been a little little early. We're going to try 9, and, and I've been trying to work on some different... I'm still doing some, some sleep hacking. I'm still hacking my sleep a little. So this is a good experiment for me. Dan, I think this is an ongoing journey for me, the working on sleep thing. I'm trying so many different kinds of things. Like what? That could be a topic. Um, well, I mean, have we, 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 how many sleep episodes have we had off the top of your head? I don't know. Uh, two? Okay. But a sleep section. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I believe after many years of, let's put it this way. Everybody out there knows I should get more sleep. I read a thing that says most people haven't gotten enough sleep. And, but then they continue to sleep for four hours a night and then wonder why they're a, a cranky person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something I've been working on for really ever since our daughter started sleeping more like a person because, you know, habits are important. Habits are, are what happens when something is if you leave if you leave any activity to its own devices long enough, it becomes a habit. You, and if that habit is chaos, then that becomes the habit. You know what I mean? Like if you, I guess what I'm saying is, unless I think unless you deliberately try to improve something after a period of chaos, mm-hmm. it's most likely to remain chaos. I mean, that, that's kind of how entropy works, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and so that's something I've been working on for a few years. And even even when I get good at sleep, yeah. How, what do you mean, how do you get good at sleep? What does that mean? How do you get good at sleep? I want to get good at sleep. 
Well, if you treat sleep as a black box, okay. uh, I think uh, good sleep would mean that you feel rested mm-hmm. when you wake up. You don't, you don't, you know, you're still like dog tired and feeling like you need another seven hours of sleep or whatever. I think the black box is you wake up in the morning feeling like you got enough sleep. And then second that like kind of throughout the day, you have a, a, a healthy level of energy that suggests that, um, well, mental and physical energy, physical energy. Sure. Because if you've been up all night, you remember stand up all night to do a paper or whatever. Ugh. It's, uh, it is exhausting. Exhausting in the sense of you are you've pushed your body to the point of fatigue, and now it kind of can't go on anymore, right? It's like you're. It's almost like there's like not enough oxygen getting to your muscles or something. Mm-hmm. You just feel like leaden. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the black box. But that black box is complicated. Like to get to where you can wake up in the morning and feel like you've done a good job with sleep um, is really complicated, and it takes it takes a ridiculous amount of effort and tenacity and paradoxical behavior um, in, in my experience. This could be interesting to talk about because it's, I know we talked about it before, but like, I just, I'm such an old guy. Like I really, I realize how important it is. It's, I heard this rule of thumb, I think back in college, if you don't know, if you don't know what it is you want right now, it's probably sleep. Mm. So next time you're sitting around and going like, hmm, am I hungry? You'd be amazed how often the real answer to that is that you need to sleep. Mm-hmm. I need to sleep. Got it? You want me to play it? <clears throat> sure. Hmm. <laughs> this one. I need to sleep. There you go. <laughs> but um, but it's, it, it's hard in so many ways. I mean, there's so many. Is this interesting to talk about? I think this is very interesting, yes. Bring me up to date on where you are in as much as you are interested and can say. Bring me up to date on where you are with with sleep right now. Okay, well, my children, uh, they wake up kind of regardless of when I would like them to. Uh, So what happens is they're on their own sort of schedule, and usually they're both awake by like 6.30 in the morning. Uh, occasionally, not, not often, but occasionally, you know, there'll be some kind of thing here in Austin, like a rails meetup or a web designer thing or whatever. And we'll, you know, or dribble meetup or something, you know, and sometimes these go late and then you get back and is that a, is that a euphemism. No. And then when okay. I, when I wind up back to the house, you know, it, it might be 10 o'clock because it's not very late. It's, you know, it's reasonable, but then you're, you're kind of amped up. So you don't really feel like going to bed. You know, it's 1030. You walk back in the door. It's 1030. You don't really feel like hopping right into bed. You want to kind of wind down. So maybe you read or you watch a show or do all the things that, that you shouldn't be doing with, an, with a light that's waking you up that I, you know, that I know about. But your brain's still going. By the time it's 1130, it's 12 o'clock before you're actually falling asleep, going to bed, falling asleep. Even on a regular night, sometimes you just want to recover from the day. And if your killed, children, are go, children are going to bed by, you know. 8.30, whatever time they go to bed, you you need some time. You get There's there's stuff to do. You got to do laundry sometime. You know what I'm saying? You do all this stuff, and by then it, it's late, and you're like, why am I going to bed at 11.30 when I know that I have to be up at, at 6 ahead of the kids, and I have to do these different things, and we got to be in the car at 7.30 to get there in, in time for 8 o'clock when the class starts, all this stuff. And it becomes one of these things that every day you look at the clock, it's like, it's 11.30. Why did I not go to bed an hour ago? So that's kind of where I'm at. But I think you're already getting at one of the paradoxes. What is it? Well, you, what you just described, yeah. which is you're kind of, you know, we'll just call it the, uh, 
you dummy phenomenon. Like uh-huh. where you're in the middle of doing something and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Or like, how did I get to here? I remember, you know, if, if I am like, this is an example that could apply to lots of things, but the same example is that I really, I decided that I'm, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm tired today. I need to go to bed at a reasonable time tonight. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's a reasonable time tonight? I would like to definitely be in bed. I like to be asleep at 10. Mm. So, which I think is a, that's a, a pretty normal doable ish time. I think so. Nine would actually be better if I wanted to have, it's hard to go to bed at nine when you're a grown person. Because that's, you know, as you described, that's when there's there's things that have to be done, things you'd like to do. One of these days, I'm going to finish The Rook. It's it's not, it's a very easy reading book. I'm enjoying it extremely much. And it's taking me months and months and months to get through it. Just because I don't set aside the time to sit down and read a book. Yeah, I don't know how Scott McNulty does it. I honestly have no idea how he reads so much. It's really weird. But he doesn't have any children, probably. I don't think so. I like that term. You like, that. You're going to use that, aren't you? Kildren. Yeah. Um, but no, what you just described. So let's say I've said to myself, okay, well, and, and, and already, like I'm already ahead of a lot of people in the game mm-hmm. by having a fixed idea in my head about when I want to go to bed. And then I think I'm double smart because I go, well, to be asleep at 10, I really should be in bed with the lights off and maybe at most reading. So what, what does that not mean? Uh, I'm smart enough to know that that doesn't mean I'm going to sit in front of the TV until 9.59. Mm. Because even just time-wise, I'm not going to actually be in bed and even nearly asleep until like quarter after 10. But really also all that exposure to all of that um, cool light uh, is, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit if you want. But uh, there's all kinds of things that you may not even realize are having an effect on how you sleep. But that's one of them. So even if I do that, let's say I've been really smart and I go, okay, I'm going to go do this. I've got this all figured out. I've I've scheduled everything. I got out to the extent possible things that have to happen in the morning have been taken care of now. Mm -hmm. And I'll stipulate that my wife is so much better and more hugely in charge of all of these kinds of things. Oh, I don't, you know, I, I mean, I understand why you're saying that, but if that, if that needs to be said, it has to be said, you know what I'm saying? The, like, like yes. there's, there's no man in the audience listening to this who is not nodding their head when they hear that. Yeah. And I would like to actually pick up, pick that back up too. But in that instance, let, let's say I go to instance, let's say I, I say, I'm going to try to be in bed at nine 30 to try and be asleep by 10 o'clock. But then let's say I do something dumb. Like I go and I've been really into a couple TV shows lately. I, I, uh, I just started watching, um, human target, which looks really good. But the one that's really been getting me is Bob's burgers. And I can very easily sit down I can very easily watch five episodes of Bob's Burgers in a row because mm. it is completely delightful. So in that instance, maybe I sit down or it could be I was watching that Errol Morris first person series. Like I'll sit down and I'll watch in 20 minutes is like a pretty good amount of time to go by and not really realize what time has gone oh, by. Oh, yeah. 20 minutes is a blink of an eye. And if you're watching on Netflix, like do you get this on the Netflix uh, Roku app where it just automatically starts the next episode? I love that. Oof, it's terrible with Ninjago, though. Wow, it'll just go and go and go. If we're not there to turn it off, it'll just run. But anyway, all I'm saying is, in that case, I'm like, oh well, you know, it's nine o'clock. Nine o'clock? Ah, come on. I'm, you know, I'm a grown, I'm a grown ass man. Right. I can watch a 20 minute TV show. Of course you and can. That still gives me, of course, <laughs> like a gentleman. Yeah. I still got 10 minutes to get to my target time of getting in there, and then, but then that 20 minutes goes by, and I say, oh well, you know what? 10 o'clock is still my heart out. 10 o'clock is like when I want to be in bed. All I'm saying is, I don't think I'm the only person in the world that can find it 11 o'clock and going like, oh, you dummy. Exactly. And, and that paradox right there is the beginning of understanding the problem. Please tell me about something you like. 
I would like to tell you about our friends over at Lynda, L-Y-N-D-A. So first of all, here's this special URL that you must go to, Lynda, lynda.com slash back to work, all spelled out. What are you going to find there? I'll tell you, Merlin. You're going to find mm. 2,000 high-quality video courses taught by industry experts. New courses being added every day. So what does this mean? My, my example, what I'm using this for right now, Final Cut Pro. We're doing a little bit of video stuff here at 5 by 5 that's new. And I kind of want to understand it. You know, I kind of want to know uh, if, if I need to get in there and make a change. So I'm, I'm stepping, I'm out of my element, as you would say. Hmm. And I'm, I, I want to learn about this. So how do you do it? You go to lynda.com. Two million people are using this thing, by the way. And they have tons and tons and tons of courses on Final Cut Pro. Tons of courses on Final Cut Pro. Well, I know that I'm not going to be able to get to them all today. And I, I don't really want to pay for like separate courses. They got you covered. It's a subscription service. Okay. You pay 25 bucks a month. You get access to the entire course library, not just the Final Cut Pro stuff, but every single course, every single video, every single thing that they have on the site. You can start right now, learn the stuff that you want to learn, and there's no limit to it. You can watch the stuff over and over again. You can watch tons of new stuff. And this saves you from running into that situation where you're like, Oh, I kind of already know this. I think I need the intermediate class. Well, you didn't waste any money. You, you, you can get all the stuff that you need. It's all included. So for me, that's what I'm using it for. But there's tons of stuff in there. Maybe it's the regular office tools like Excel. Maybe it's Dreamweaver. You know, they're still around. QuickBooks. Try, try to figure out QuickBooks on your own. Good luck. But it doesn't matter. You, they even have stuff that, that uh, like how to make a resume, how to manage time, negotiation, photography, videography, web development. It's all in there. So here's what you do. You're going to get, and by the way, this will get you a, a seven-day free trial too. You can do anything, watch all the stuff that you want in there. But go to, um, go to lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash back to work. And you'll get that special deal. Try it out for free. Enjoy it. Thanks very much, Linda, for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mayo. I think the uh, paradox part gets to a basic modal. Like we're all like our own little copy of VI or something. Mm -hmm. We've got these two. We've got these at least two modes where I've referred to it before as being like morning morning Merlin and nighttime Merlin, Mm -hmm. which are very very different people. Always has been. Always has been. But especially as as an adult. You know, Morning Merlin, classically, Merlin, Morning Merlin is the one who goes to Netflix and starts uh, back in the days of DVDs. Like, oh, let's get all these true faux films and let's get let's get this. Uh, let's get this. Uh, let's get. Oh, you know what? I should watch Shoah. I should watch like what a nine hour documentary mm. with with <laughs> that's like in in Polish and then French and then finally in English. And it's amazing to watch, but it takes an incredible amount of attention. So Morning Merlin has, is very high-minded uh, and, and knows he's part of a great classical uh, tradition in Western culture. And then you know, Evening Merlin wants to watch Laser Guns and Pillow Fights. I get it. And I think the same thing happens with stuff like sleep, where you might, you wake up. I mean, for, in my case, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, Ugh, you dummy. Like, you are so stupid. Why did you drink coffee at four o'clock? Well, I can tell you, in retrospect, morning, morning, <laughs> Merlin drank coffee at four o'clock because he was still tired because he didn't get enough sleep last night. And he just needed a little extra something to go through. But, you know, coffee, I think, I don't know if it's a half life, but I mean, 
I, I would say it's not unusual at all. For most people, coffee will be in your system in some form or fashion for three, four, five hours. More. In my case, I think it's more. Yeah. It honestly feels like eight hours for me. I've got a Where, rule. I, I, I will not have coffee after – I will limit how much I have before, but I, certainly after 3 p.m., I don't have anything with caffeine in it. Dan, three used to be nothing. Seven, eight o'clock used to be nothing for wow. me. I'm honestly starting to believe, you know, when I was a kid, when I was younger, when I was in like college and in my 20s. But now I really feel like, um, I, you know, just to, to maintain my sanity, I have to be careful about any time after about two. Because the thing is, first of all, like the jolt that I get at four o'clock is still not that great. I don't feel that much more mentally alert. Right. Mainly I feel a little jittery. If I make, if I get like a triple espresso or something, mm-hmm. yeah, which is kind of my go-to for for a pick-me-up, like that, you know, you're, you're walking a fine line there, buddy. Oh, that line ain't so fine, my friend. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> another thing I should write all these things down. I want to get back to is the huge difference between getting asleep and staying asleep because I think those are huge different things. I might get to sleep just fine. But brother, I ain't gonna stay asleep. I'm mm-hmm. gonna. I. It is not unusual at all for some time around two or three for me to wake up with my heart pounding because of that stupid four o'clock coffee. Oh man! But but to me, but that's this. This gets to, to two things. It gets to the paradox, and it also gets to the vicious cycle part of this, or vicious circle, as you say, which is that you know you're constantly looking back to what you're trying to fix right now with your sleep in this case, but you're also then you're looking forward and saying, well, you know, tomorrow's going to be different. I'm going to get a good night's sleep, but then you still go ahead and have that coffee and now you're a dummy. So, um, but I think to understand why sleep is complicated, you have to understand, it helps to understand that human beings are really smart in a stupid way. We are able to see things in context. We're able to respond. It's so great that we're able to like change our feelings about things based on situations. And that's a really good thing. Otherwise, you'd seem like kind of a dummy if you a real. I'm going to quit saying that word now. But it seems like you, you wouldn't be a very nuanced human if you weren't able to modulate your ideas about things based on the situation. But if you get too good at that, you're not going to get anything accomplished mm-hmm. because you will always have a reason for doing anything. And if the if you are somebody who had that, let's say you had that coffee at four o'clock, and uh, but boy, you're still going to really get to be in bed at nine thirty, but then you find yourself at ten forty five, and you're pretty awake, and you're still watching Bob's Burgers. Well, there's a failing somewhere in the system. So you know, then then you know, then I think the other part that comes, and this kind of relates to our last three blockbuster episodes, the the, the knock on effect of that at that point is now you're mad at yourself. Yeah, that's what happens to me. No, I really feel the anger. I'm like, you goddamn dummy. What is wrong with you? What, why, how, how do you function? This makes no sense. So anyway, I, if if you're into it, I'd like to talk about like why sleep, why sleep is important, like why it's challenging and like what you can do about it. Yeah, I think that, no, I think it's great. And it, and it is, it's, I'll tell you just before you jump in. Yes. I'll tell you one of the things why I think this is even an issue there for, for people like us. And when I, when I say like us, I mean, parents who are at least for me in, in, in the early forties, I know you're much older, mm-hmm. uh, but it up until relatively speaking up until recently, it wasn't an issue. You could work all day, play all day, do whatever you do all day long, sleep for six hours and be in pretty good shape the next day. You might feel a little tired toward the end of the day and have a little coffee and then go to sleep and catch up the next day. That that was reasonable to do, but the I think the effect of missing sleep is so dramatic for us now, much more so than it used to be, that we kind of take for granted the fact that 
that that we can we can't do what we used to be able to do. Now, I would say to anybody in their mid to late thirties and beyond, most people, if you were to just not, you know, not play any sports for a few years and then go and play volleyball one day, you will you'll be hurting possibly during playing volleyball and certainly hurting the next day. And you might even hurt yourself like an actual injury, not because you're doing something extreme, but your job, your body's just not used to what it used to do. You used to be able to play volleyball once every month and be fine. You can't do that anymore. Just like we can't miss sleep the way that we used to. And I feel like there's this thing in our body or in our mind that's not quite caught up with where the body really is. Oh, that's so, a great way to put it. That's uh, such a good way to put it. Yeah. You're used to having, yes, you're used to having like what? A high armor class, high hit points, lots of hit points, right, lots high, of hit high points. constitution. Yes. So it, if you have our charisma's have, way up now, Merlin. But the thank you, the, thank the chariz- you. The the you know constitution yes. might be a few points lower. But but I hurt my back moving a heating pad. <laughs> right. So <laughs> not the monk I used to be. No. Druid. <laughs> Is a druid? I would never be a druid. I've had a good druid. Sure. What? What? You you couldn't be a cleric? No, because the clerics can't use pointed objects. No, the druids well, don't either, though, do they? Or do they? I think the church is addressing that at this point. <laughs> but the um, but but if you've got lots of constitution and hit points, what does that mean? Well, you know, if you can you can go out and like me, I swear to God, the food that I used to be able to eat, I don't I don't miss this, but I do notice this. I mean. Uh, all of my, I'm just going to just say this and forgive me, but there's some red flag foods for me. I need to be real careful about things with whole cloves of garlic and lots of onions. Oh my gosh. That, you know, even a fist, a fist of, what is a fist of garlic? Oh, I think it's called a, it's called a murder of garlic. A murder of garlic? Oh, That's a, where clo- you get- a cloven, a cloven, uh, it's a hoof. Well, you got to get the hoof. You got to get a knife. <laughs> so what? <laughs> this is good. Yeah. <laughs> We're building towards Ooh. something. I feel it. I can feel it. Man, I got some really good Chinese food the other night. Um, Did it stay with you, if you know what I mean? No, it decided to leave pretty quickly. Oh, no. No, it was a fast vacation. Mm. Um, and you know what's bad for me now? Even tomato sauce. It's really sick. I think it's the onions and tomato sauce. And anyway, the point being that when I was, when I was younger, and you know, I loved Thai food. I loved ex- all extremely hot foods. And I had no problem with that. And I could do stuff like drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to leave this to the imagination. If I had like a whole lot of super hot Thai food mm-hmm. and a pot of coffee at 11 o'clock right now, mm-hmm. 11 p.m., like that would not be a great thing. Back in the day, no problem. Why? I had lots of high constitution and lots of hit points. So I had a healing factor. I think when you're, when you're younger, there's, I'm not trying to, I, I mean, I know I'm an old guy, but I'm not trying to look down as an old guy here. But it is hard, it's, it's difficult to understand, to describe what you're, to explain what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, your sense of self and your own capabilities, in my experience, absolutely do not keep up with where your body and your brain are. And that's why it's very frustrating to realize you can't remember things like you used to. Well, that's just how it goes. Like, you know, that your your back and your knees and all these things, you're just not where you used to be. I'm just going to say, guys, don't try doing a somersault. No, don't try no, no. doing a cartwheel. Like I used to be able to do like three round offs in a row, like into my 30s, and now that's not a good idea no. for me. No, no, right? Don't do that. Um, but 
maybe it is so yeah maybe it is something having to do with getting older but it the, the part that you're you're definitely onto though is that the constitution and the hit points are not there anymore no. and so i'm going to do something i'm going to give myself free reign to do this i apologize in advance i'm going to freely cite a bunch of things i read in the last 20 years but can't cite if you guys want to go cite this go find a librarian we'll find it there was a time and i've been interested i've been a an informal scholar of sleep for a long time but it used to be believed that you say i need to catch up on my sleep and there was a time when the conventional wisdom was, I'm going to spend this weekend catching up on my right, sleep. Right, like it's an activity. Like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're going to the farmer's market and we're going to do that. What are you doing? I'm going to catch up on some sleep. Okay, yes. Think of it in terms of like Apple just did their quarterly results where you would say, like, I'm going to be evaluated based on this period of time. Like my sleep, I'm going to catch up on my sleep for the week. And as long as I bring up my numbers on Saturday and Sunday, I'll mm-hmm. be fine for the week. Right. I think there was actually a time when people kind of believed that. Like, oh man, I've really, I have not been getting enough sleep. I'm going to catch up on sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, if I remember correctly, in the 90s or, or so, the conventional or the, uh, the emerging research that I heard was saying more like, you know, not really. You really only have like a day or so. Like you, you have a day to catch up on sleep. That there will be damage on your body inflicted probably recoverable but like you're there's there's really not any such thing as catching up on sleep except for like what you missed last night mm. and even then it's already done some damage now i understand i just heard some stuff recently that makes me think that oh my god this is so much worse than most people realize that there are there are so many things happening physically certainly oh my gosh so many things physically that your body needs to do but the the, the stuff i've read recently makes me believe that the emerging stuff seems to say that there is so much incredibly important garbage collection that goes on in your brain at night that if you're not doing that, like you may not even realize how bad the mental effects are. Oh, right. That basically the the way of like the REM sleep being this time when your brain kind of gets through all the stuff that it's done during the day, but also just kind of reorganizing garbage collecting and creating the kinds of dreams that like take that stuff out to the curb. Anyway, I don't want to go too far into it, but all I'm going to say is don't. Don't wait to realize that this is something you need to deal with. And even if you can't get perfect sleep every night, just be aware that, like, you know how it feels to wake up. Like, maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're in, like, your fourth day of vacation. You finally relaxed. Right. You don't have that much to do. It's the one day you finally, you've unpacked, you've gone to the grocery store, you've done everything you need to do. You don't have any relatives around that day. The kids did not wake up for some reason. You wake up at 10 a.m. and you go, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm I'm awake and it's not weird and I'm not anxious and I'm not running to the coffee maker. This is I feel like a person. This is really strange. And I'm, there's no way you're going to feel that every day. But I need you guys to understand and accept that the sleep stuff is probably almost certainly more important than you realize. And it is, in fact, so important that you need to look at some of the things we're going to talk about to at least try and improve it a little bit, preferably every night. There are things you can do every night, you know, stuff like the darkened room and things like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that are not that are actually not that hard to sustain. And then there are other things you have to do that are going to mean being really dogged about how, how you go to sleep every night. And then the tough part, this is the really, really tough part, is that you're going to have to think about stuff that happens in the rest of your day. Starting from the time you kind of wake up in the morning through the day, there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to think about to make sure that when you go to bed, you're actually going to be able to go to sleep and then be stay asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not thinking about that stuff, you probably need to be thinking about that stuff. Uh, That's the thing is that this this seems like a, like something you shouldn't have to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. shouldn't have to do this stuff. 
We shouldn't have to think about going to sleep. We shouldn't have to think about making sure, you know, I know somebody uh, who they'll, you know, at, at the end of the evening, they'll go into, and they, they've told me this, they'll go into their room and they'll sit there with the light on, you know, laying in bed, you know, watching TV or just reading or sitting, sitting there with the light on. And you and I know that the cardinal rule never have, you know, false light on if you want to get a good night's sleep past a certain amount of time and certainly don't like lay in your bed with the light on because that's going to screw up your sleep. That'll yeah. absolutely screw up your sleep. They, they say... You might as well be playing. You might as well be playing, like music or or a podcast. I don't want right. to say I don't want to say loud music, but I'll say you might as well be deliberately trying to keep yourself awake because you're right. those lights are telling your eyes it is not time to go right. to sleep. They're yet. saying it's daytime. Be awake now, and and the fact that you're holding something that's shining a light into your eyes, like a phone or an iPad, it, it, it makes that even worse. And then if you're doing something that engages your mind, like reading something you're interested in, or watching videos or vines or whatever that are going to completely engage your mind, they're going to cause you to wake up. So that even though you will be going to sleep. And even though you might sleep seven, eight hours like you need, that sleep will not be the kind of quality sleep that you need. And the next day you'll be yawning at 3 p.m. and you'll be like, I got enough sleep. Why am I yawning? Why am I tired? Because you didn't get the right kind of sleep. You're absolutely right. I mean, for me, uh, to be really brutally honest in this journey, a frequent thing for me has just been taking like a, like the equivalent of a Benadryl. And if you, if you take one of those things, um, I mean, uh, boy, this is the furthest out on a limb I hope I'm ever going to go. No, it's fine. I think, I think it's not a bad thing to do. If you're having trouble getting into a habit of going to sleep, taking one of those, and you'll discover how long it is before one of those things kicks in. Mm-hmm. I think that's, personally, don't take my advice for what I've actually done. But that I, I have found that to be a good way to get into a habit and to start giving myself the incentive to go to sleep. And that way, when you go to sleep, you will fall asleep. The problem with those pills is and you know it's a Benadryl it's not like it's you know a big deal but it's it's great at helping you fall asleep but it kind of really just knocks you out and I it's my understanding that what that does not do well was the reason it's not a long-term solution is it's not great at that second part of sleep which is the REM sleep so there's the knockout sleep if you will probably come around to this in a bit but like with my Fitbit I can tell exactly how long at night I was dead asleep when I kind of moved around and so forth. And the pattern is really consistent. The first maybe half of the night, um, I might, I might hardly move, uh, one hours, two hours, up to three hours. Mm. I might not hardly move at all, but then there is some shaking around. Maybe it's after I go to the bathroom or something, but like, that's the time when I think, when I think the really important part, the REM part is happening is when that's when your brain is doing a lot of its heavy lifting. Like your brain took its own little nap for the first half of the night. Mm -hmm. And what, what something like a Benadryl or a Somonex or whatever isn't going to do is let your brain then do its business to do all that garbage collection. So you will get sleep, but you're not getting a quality of sleep uh, that you need to be really healthy. Is, but, but there, is, is it better? Or is it like a, a, an indication of something good or an indication of something bad if when you wake up, you're in the exact same position that you were in when you fell asleep and didn't move. Like, does that mean that your body is just completely blasted and recovering? Or does that mean like you slept really soundly and solidly? Cause that happens to me sometimes, especially if I'm really tired. No kidding. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. like where you're like, like that's rare. I would, I mean, that's occasional. I have to be like super tired. But like, if you fall asleep and your hands on your chest or something, you wake up and it's like exactly the same. But like you, you, like you almost were in some kind of recovery coma. That's or something. pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not an actual scholar. I don't. No. I don't know those things. But I would say that's that's very unusual. Um, I do that. Some, I mean, to be honest, I can tell from the Fitbit and previously from stuff like you know, I had a sleep watch probably five years ago. <laughs> I've used that app. Mm-hmm. Sleep watch is hilarious. Yeah. It's like a pebble. Those giant orange things. Um, but I, I can tell you that some of the deepest sleep, some of the deepest non-moving sleep that I have is naps. It sometimes blows me away to look and see that, like, wow, I. I just laid down for a little while in the after, some like Saturday afternoon, and I didn't move for an hour, yeah. which is pretty unusual for me. You're twitchy. Yeah, I'm a twitcher. Yeah. Um, we should come back to this. We still have lots to talk about. Tell me about something you like. I would like to tell you about Smile. You're familiar with uh, with Smile, right? Love the Smile. Now, what the the Smile guys do is they throw you a curveball because you you you're going to have to go to Smile software. Dot com because apparently the people who own smile.com wanted to like a couple billion dollars to sell it to them. So that's the only thing. I just want you to know that going into this. But it's Smile is the name of these folks. And what they're working on right now, some of my favorite software that they do is the stuff that lets you deal with PDFs because nobody wants to deal with paper stuff. That's history. We don't even talk about it anymore. It's all PDFs. And frequently, you're going to have to open a PDF and you're going to have to do something with it besides just look at this thing. And they have the answer to this. It's called PDF pen. This lets you do simple things. It could add a signature, make a couple changes to text and images, but you can, you can do more. You can correct typos. You can fill out forms. You have a scan document. Somebody scans something. People still do that. PDF pen includes OCR. You can convert the scan into text. Now you can search it. You can copy it. You can correct it. You want to remove sensitive information like a tax ID or social security number before you send that thing out. You can do that. You can perform redaction. It can remove stuff that you want to keep private. Now, they've got PDF Pen 6 out. They keep adding new features. It gets more and more powerful all the time. The interface of tools have been updated and improved. You can even export a PDF. Check this out. A PDF to Microsoft Word format for sharing and editing. That's crazy. They have PDF Pen Scan Plus. The, what was it that I always make him think of Doc Ock? The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Isn't that what he says? Mm. The, well, you can have the power of your office in your, po- in, the, in your pocket. So you scan in a contract, an invoice, a receipt as a PDF with your iPhone, with your iPad, and you use OCR to make the scanned image into editable text right there. It's $4.99 in the App Store. You can go to smilesoftware.com slash 5 by 5 And when you go there, you'll see David Sparks in all his glory. <laughs> with uh, videos all about PDF Pen Scan Plus. Anyway, PDF Pen, 60 bucks in the App Store, well worth it. PDF Pen Pro is 100 bucks, also well worth it. Advanced tools, creation tools, document permission settings, you name it. It's for serious folks. Smallsoftware.com slash 5 by 5 or spend 5 bucks and get PDF Pen Scan Plus on your phone today. Thanks very much to Smile at Smallsoftware.com for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work with Merlin Man. So I think there's... You can tell me how much you want to cover here, because this, this could be a lot. But I, I think there's at least three important things to talk about here, generally. Okay. Which is, I mean, the most, I think the most important, in some ways, is when you're ready to go to bed. This, I think of this kind of as the third one. Mm-hmm. But like when you're, when you're, to have the conditions in bed to be able to sleep, like how do you, what are some things you can do for that? The other two are the one that comes before that, which is like, how do you kind of 
get ready to wind down into bedtime. And then the little lost secret one that's kind of the most important of all is uh, how do you leverage morning Merlin, the morning you, for making sure that during the day you're moving toward the points where you'll be able to get a good night's sleep. I'm not saying you have to become an obsessive who just thinks about this all day. Mm -hmm. It's actually not that complicated. But like anything, think about the last time you tried to lose 15 pounds. It took some planning and it took some doggedness. Even though you are eventually only eating so many minutes out of the day, the time that you spend having to think about that, shop for that, prepare for that, do all those things right, ends up having a huge impact on whether you succeed or fail. So does that sound about right? The other, the fourth one, which I do, we need to convince people why this is important. I don't. I, at this point, no. They can they can turn it off if they don't get it. Because that's the reason that you won't do this is because you don't think you need it, and I'll bet you do. And the other reason is you there, might what, not do is this there, is there a category of people, like an age group or something of people that that just don't need this. Like if you're 21, do you need this, or is it still important if you're 21? I think that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think people. You know, again, back to the hit points. I think when I was in my early 20s, I might be remembering this wrong, but I feel like I bounced back from everything very quickly. You know, the things that can be bounced back from physically, I would bounce back from pretty quickly because your body heals faster. You just, your metabolism is faster. Mm -hmm. Your, your, all of your little muscles and sinews and bones work better. There's all kinds of things that you will handle better. How many people, you know, not to be morose, but how many people have a member of our family where like they're already kind of like an older, like somebody in their 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s, who's already kind of, I could think of half a dozen people in my family, this is the case, where like their, their health is already teetering on the edge and then they broke their hip. And it's very, because, you know, there's all kinds of things that, there's a reason a lot of people have breaking a hip as kind of the, oh, yeah, that's, that's the beginning of the end. It all goes downhill after that because yeah. there's so many things that happen after you break your hip when you're old because you've because what brought you to breaking your hip well what brought you to breaking your hip might be you got to go to the bathroom a lot at night you've got um your vision is very poor you might be on some kinds of medicine that soften you up a little bit plus you just break bones real easy but the mm -hmm. point when an old person breaks their hip is like it's so sad it happened with my grandmother it's happened with a lot of people i know where that's both grandparents grandmothers actually where like you lose a lot of independence at that point because it takes if it heals and it may not ever heal now it's better today it's way better today with uh, the kinds of surgeries they can do but it used to be I bet even when we were kids, 70s, 80s, breaking your hip was like, well, time to start making some calls to homes because that's you're not you would heal so slowly from that mm -hmm. um, that it, it's for all purposes game over. So those are two ends of a spectrum. On the one end, you got a, you got a kid who doesn't need, doesn't even need, know they need to think about this stuff because they kind of don't. But then you get people at the far end. The other funny thing is when people get older, they seem to need less sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, when you get you know truly to be like a sort of senior citizen kind of age, you seem to need less sleep. But the people in the middle, like you like you said, Dan, may not be caught up with how much they do need to be thinking about this stuff. And and I want to clarify one other thing. I'm not saying people are being obdurate about saying, "Oh, I don't need this." I think what most people say is, "I can't do this." All right. That's fine for Merlin. Like you're, it's too, great. you're too sick to go to the doctor and your mind is too crazy to meditate. Too sick to go to the doctor. I'm too busy to do GTD. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's all those things where you're like, I would love to help myself. And the clothes are too dirty to, to wash. That's right. <laughs> I'm too drunk to stop drinking. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, though. But I guess what I would... Hmm. 
you know, and I, I'm, I hate to say this, except it might help, is that you, it might be worth more than you think, and it might be more doable than you think. And, and the thing is, you may not get to the point where you have the perfect black box of perfect sleep, but there are still things you can do to make it better. And conversely, or concomitantly, there are things you can do to stop making it worse. And just by, you know, God, there's so much crap in life that we just write off by saying, well, since it can never be perfect, I might as well just give up and who cares? And boy, what a, what a terrible thing that would be to do that with something as important as sleep. What a boring topic, but like what, a, what an important It's one. so important, and that's the thing. It is boring. It's not interesting. Nobody cares about this in the sense of I want to talk about it. I want to. I really want to talk about how to get better sleep. But if you – it's the kind of thing that if you put in the effort and you think about it, and I'm not – like I'm saying this because there was a period of time – uh, when I had a really great schedule and it was a very consistent schedule and it, you know, I've talked to people who I've known who I've worked with and, and some people have worked for me here where, you know, they, they're out of college and they start their job. And at first they're still in what I would call the college sleep mode where they're, they can, it's very easy and they're very much used to being awake at any kind of hour. You know, they might wake up at 6am and be out till 6am the next day and like they can do that and then they catch up on it and then they're all right or just being up late being out late or getting even if they're on a relatively normal schedule that as soon as saturday and sunday come they sleep until noon or one or two you know and then that kind of starts to change they're like oh i, I can't get up early on the weekends or what did you do you know what did you do this weekend oh and then you give them like how did you do that between like noon and and 8 p.m i'm like no my weekend day starts at the same time that my weekday day starts. It's the same. I try to go to bed at the same time every night and I wake up at the same time every morning, usually without an alarm. And that freaks people out because when they're in what I'm calling the college sleep mode, that if no alarm wakes them up or if they don't have to be somewhere at a certain time, then they just sleep and they keep sleeping. I didn't do that even in college. I've never been able to do that. Um, right. But uh, I and I've always I've always was sort of jealous of people that could just sleep and sleep and sleep, and uh, you know. F but but I've noticed that 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 will start to change. And these same people once they're into like a regular work schedule, they'll say, "Yeah, I notice I don't really do that anymore." Or they'll be up at like eight thirty. I'll be like, "Why am I up at eight thirty on Sunday?" And, and the reason is because you have a good sleep schedule and your body wants that. Our bodies are designed, as we have talked about on the other episodes, to start getting tired you know, an hour or so after the sun goes down and to wake up when the sun starts coming up. That's our nature is to be like that. And, you know, it's, it's an, how people always comment, oh, it's so nice to sit by a fire. And, you know, we went camping and we sat by the fire and I slept really great, even though it was on the ground and I woke up at the crack of dawn and I felt rested because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're, <laughs> we're supposed to be looking at firelight as we gradually fall asleep when it starts to get dark. And we're supposed to wake up in the morning when the sun starts coming up and the birds make noise. Like that's what we're supposed to do. I didn't lay in an overheated room with a blue light in my face. <laughs> right. I didn't have an iPhone pressed against my eyeballs at two in the morning while I was Beeping texting and buzzing and vibrating. I don't know how anybody does that. I, know. I have no idea how people do that. I don't know. I agree. I think you're, you've, you've uh, framed it really well. I, I, have, I have three, three ideas here for, um, for things that I think we should do in reverse order. Um, the one that we talked about before that I, I think is alarmingly the easiest of these things to do is the kind of environment to have in your bedroom 
that will let you get good sleep. Mm-hmm. That that's 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 the one you'll hear the most tips and tricks about, I think. But that I, I believe that that is probably the easiest. So why don't we start with that, um, and then moving backwards. The, the less hard one, but the one that still takes a lot of thinking, planning, and consistency, the consistency part, is the, like what you might call the pre-bedtime ritual or the things that it will take to get you from the day that you're having to being asleep and staying asleep. Mm-hmm. And then the third part, which I think is the real money shot, is like what do you have to do like to plan and think and do during the day or not do during the day in order to get to the point when you can have this sleep? Is that same reason? Is that okay I love that? that, please. Um, so the goal when you're going to sleep, I, I really think, so go, go back to talking about when you're, when you're the, uh, you know, when you're the fighter magic user, who's able to uh, stay up all night and, right. and just sleep whenever and wherever. I mean, I've woken up in all kinds of places, believe me. And I, I'm often alarmed in my twenties and thirties. I mean, I'll just go, oh, I apparently I'm sleeping on a couch. Look at that. I slept just fine on this couch or, you know, there, there, I, uh, I, I, I think about being back in Florida where it was so much brighter, and I never had blackout curtains. I had all kinds of light coming mm-hmm. into my room all the time. I had I the the Sony uh, Dream Machine that I, I had did not. I don't remember at that time having a brightness right. switch on. Yeah. It. There was a, a big blue or red light in my room. I often went to sleep with the light on. I often went to sleep with the TV on, um, and all that stuff. All that it just it just worked out fine, but. What you just described, like, oh, you make it through your 20s, fine with this. You can eat however you want. You, you want. you can sleep however you want. You can spend however you want. In retrospect, I wish I had at least gotten a little bit better at things like learning how to save money, whether I need to or not. Mm-hmm. Learning to sleep, whether I need to or mm-hmm. not. Learning how to eat, whether you need to or not. Because you actually need to do all of those things eventually. And whatever, you know, it's, again, whatever habit you've built is the one that you're going to have to live with and then either suffer or undo at some point. So what all of that being able to sleep anywhere or anytime or having flexibility about like, oh, I'll just stay up all night, go to my philosophy class at nine, catch a nap from 12 to one and and playing this game of Tetris with your sleep. um, That mitigates against the really important part here, which I do think it's very important to think of sleep as a mode that you go into. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why do I need to say that? Well, I mean. Because most of us grow up probably a little bit like me with having the lights on and doing whatever. And you just wander in and out of rooms. Pretty much everybody's got a TV in their room. Uh, at least when I was, was, you know, over the years, a lot of people have a TV in the room. Now today, almost everybody listening to this show has an iOS device or a, an Android device or I guess a Windows device. Something you could be looking at in bed. Right. And, and like you just said, let's, let's not let this go by. A device that can buzz and can beep. And with a light that can turn on of its own accord. There, there, apparently, Dan, there are people out there whose phone will vibrate and make a noise in the middle of the night when they get an email. I think this is still a thing. It is still a thing. So there are people who try to sleep next to a device that may at any point produce light mm-hmm. and a noise mm-hmm. to let them know that somebody just emailed them. Or that a package was delivered. Boop. So I'm not I'm Or not that their, their that, photograph right? on Instagram was liked. <laughs> this is Slap. worth this is worth a sound sloppy and- sexy rolex china 58 <laughs> loves your photo <laughs> but it's true and people because people want to know this stuff now there's a do not disturb feature on most smartphones and 
you know, even the iPhone, there was there was a, a long discussion about mute the mute button and the way the mute switch worked, uh, and and the way that this works for people who don't know, I think it's worth mentioning, even though it, it seems a little bit in the weeds, is on an iPhone, it, even if you put the mute switch on, uh, you will your alarm will still go off. That's what happened. Which, uh, famously. which I think, which I think makes sense. It, it makes a lot of sense because I don't want it to be doing stuff in the night. Now, if I'm traveling then that's a completely different scenario because then my family may need to get in touch with me. So I want, I want it to light up and make noise with an, a text or a call. Uh, and that's important. And there's ways even with do not disturb to have a VIP list and things like that. Yeah. That's important, but I don't really gen generally, I don't really want my phone to beep or make noise or do anything unless I get a text or a phone call. And even then I'm talking about during the day and even then only from important people, important people, meaning people who, if I don't get their message, something really bad could happen. Uh, defend, depending on what you did define as really bad. But even during the day, I don't really want that. And certainly I don't want that at night. I don't want anything to wake me up at night unless it's the kind of thing that I really need to be woken up for. And people uh, say, oh, I, I sleep through, I sleep through texts. No, you, you don't think you really. Do. No, you don't. You don't actually. But like, let's, I, I, I can't, that this is why I can't figure out how much we should lean on this because I think we should probably lean on this. Like if you, if you want to have your, your iOS or I'm sorry, if you want to have your device where you can hear it or where you can experience it in any way, yeah. have a good reason for that and prepare accordingly. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll give you, there's, there's so many vectors for this. First of all, Dan, I don't think it's that obvious at all. When did we get Do Not Disturb? I don't think we've had that for more than what, a year or two? Do Not Disturb is maybe two years at the most. Yeah. And yeah. it's still, it's still real silly and real wonky. I have mine set. It's Do Not Disturb turns on at, I used to have it at 10 and then I changed it to nine, uh-huh. uh, from 9 PM until I think it's seven thirty AM. Um, don't, don't blink, don't buzz, right. don't throw me things. Don't turn it all off, all off unless it's a VIP. But I do sometimes like to listen to music or a podcast, or I might listen to like a uh, Gil Fransdahl thing, you know, uh, you know, like a um, guided meditation type thing or some kind of something that'll help me go to sleep or something I want to listen to when I go to sleep. Well, in that case, that's a good reason to have it nearby. But do you want to have it? I mean, remember, you're inviting that in. You're, you're, if you, and, and to, to Dan's point, you might be so amazed to know how much you are actually either A, waking up when those things bleep and buzz yeah. and bloop. Um, you may be surprised how often that's happening and also kind of how often it actually is waking you up in a way you just didn't even realize. Because there are ways, and again, if you, I want to talk about the Fitbit in a little bit or, or similar, but if you, if you run one of these dinguses that shows you how well you sleep, it's going to blow your mind. Because you may think you're sleeping really, really well, but you might, you might actually have sleep apnea. With sleep apnea, you don't even know that you're, you stop breathing in the middle of the night. There's all kinds of things that can happen where you think you're sleeping well, right? Because you don't remember waking up. And then when you do wake up, or you wake up, you know, at four in the morning, you're going, well, why am I so tired? Well, you're so tired because you haven't slept. You haven't actually gone into a deep sleep. Okay, so kinds of things to talk about. I, yeah. I just, you know, damn it, Dan, everything we say on here sounds like it's for everybody else. And, and, uh, but I want to convince the listener that this could be for you. Okay. So think about creating a modal environment. And, and modal? So this one, what is it? Wait a minute. Modal. Modal. Well, think about this. Uh, there's the, the conventional wisdom I've heard is that you sh- your bedroom should only be used for sleeping in one other thing. What is the other thing, though? So what you should do is. <laughs> 
But um, what does that mean? Well, that means like, you know, be circumspect about how much you, stuff you do in your bed that isn't bed stuff. So, so I mean, for example, a lot of people will lay in bed and read a book. Uh, read or, a book, watch a movie, knit. Um, do you have a TV in your bedroom? No, our bedroom does not. It's got a painting by Mike Montero and uh, an o'clock radio. That seems sufficient to me. <laughs> we turn it off at night. The picture um, or the clock? Yes, okay. yes. But, but yeah, I mean, everybody's got their examples of this. So then, honestly, one is eating in bed. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I know. Isn't that, right? Isn't that great? Does My daughter brought in a giant bowl of popcorn. I was, I was laying in bed reading yesterday. She wanted to read. She came in with, the, you know, those big giant silver bowls, like mixing bowls? <laughs> yeah. My wife had made her popcorn. She came in with her greasy fingers and like an entire bowl of popcorn she brought into bed. See, like but, my, my, you know, my, both my kids' rooms and my room, uh, bedroom, master bedroom, these are more or less like, you know how a salary man in Japan has like the little, <laughs> like when they drink too much, they have the little tube and like you go into the little tube and there's like a little, a little like single serving pair of paper pajamas that you put on and. Oh, salary man goes into a tiny little hotel pill. Yeah. Little hotel yes. pill. Like that. That is basically what uh, I just have a larger version of that. Like my my bedroom is it, besides the other thing, uh, it's for sleeping and storage and changing of my clothes, and that's it. I don't I don't spend other than the other thing. I don't spend any time in there. I'm not doing anything in that room. I don't I don't even care. I mean, I'm aware that there's some decoration in the room, but I don't care what it looks like. I'm not in there to do activities other than the ones we've specified. Right. Uh, it's it's not a, a, a hangout room. I don't read stuff in there. I don't watch shows in there. There's no TV in there. I, I think that my uh, my, you know, the alarm clock has a radio. I've never once used that. Uh, it's it is a staging area. Yeah, I think I can make this, yeah, I, I can make this simpler. If, I, I think that in terms of building a habit, it, let's look at it this way: for troubleshooting and, and habit building, if you are somebody who is doing lots of different stuff in your bedroom and in your bed, or if other people are doing lots of stuff in there, you know, like our daughter plays in our room. If your if your room has become like where the unfolded laundry goes, if your room has become a place that lots of people need to interact with, for example, in the early morning, that's something to keep in mind. You may not have a way to fix that today, but keep that in mind. But here's what I mean by modal. And, and we'll come back to this in a second, the preparation part. But think of if you're having trouble or you would like to sleep better, start having more almost religious respect mm. for the area where you think about like before I ever go to bed, I'm going to do this preparation. I'm going to get the room ready. And, and all I would say is just – Understand that when it is time to go to bed, imagine yourself passing into a different mode. Don't think about it as lumbering in there, peeling off your clothes and falling down in bed. Think about it as a kind of ritual. Take it, treat it really seriously. I'm done with the mode of being awake, and now it's time for the mode of going to sleep, which might sound really bananas, but I think it can make a huge difference, especially if you've prepared. And what kinds of preparations? Let's jump to that real quick. I would say first, first, foremost, above everything to the extent possible, and I think you'll have my back on this, get your room as black, as dark as you can possibly, possibly handle it. We don't even need to go do the deep dive on paleo stuff here. All I will tell you is that your eyelids do not work nearly as well as you think they do. (laughs) You would be amazed how much light 
passes into your eyes. You And really, honestly, you'd be amazed how much noise you may not even realize you're hearing. Right. So a couple of things I do. We got blackout, not blackout shades. We got very dark curtains covering all of our windows. I have, we do have an alarm clock because we do need that. But we, I mean, to see what time it is. But I do have the brightness turned all the way down. Um, and we also have an air cleaner in our room which is a fantastic white noise device. So well, I go in there, the bed's all, the bed looks beautiful, the bed is made, it looks pretty to sleep in, it's not going to be grudging, I've moved obstacles out of the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sheets are clean, you go into this dark room, and you get into bed, and you can just disappear into this mode. Now that sounds really, woo, that's a lot of crazy woo-woo stuff, but like, Think about how most people do it, where you like wander into a room where somebody might be playing video games and you fall down on a bed yeah. and hope you, and hope you're going to sleep okay. Creating an environment that will knock out all of the distractions and false cues of noise and light will make a huge difference. Something like white noise, you don't want it to be too loud. White noise, brown noise, pink noise, whatever works for you. In my case, like for a lot of people, a fan can be fine. There's, there's a million ways you can deal with this, but I'm a huge fan of this. In the office, if I'm not doing podcasts, I'll often have white noise on. Um, brown noise for taking out kind of the lower noises if you've got, you know, low voice neighbors or there's a rumbly sound. But then the darkness, man. Don't you think? Like when I go to a hotel room, now that I, now that I subscribe to this crazy modal regimen, A, I can't believe how loud hotel rooms are. Especially in the morning when it sounds like sounds like they're like having hammer fights yeah. in the hallways with the service folks. But also, I cannot believe how many LEDs <laughs> there are in every hotel room. You know what I mean? There's there's like you've got the t- you've got a TV one, you've got the fire alarm, you've got a you may have a sprinkler up there. there but like it's, and and then I mean, if you're lucky enough to have a room where you can really knock out the light, you still got all this little weird blinky stuff in the room. It's maddening. And I never noticed it before I became one of these nuts who wanted all the lights off. Yeah, you don't notice it. And I remember you said, you know, you were talking about gaffer tape. When I recently went to this uh, this Florida thing that I had to do, um, you know, I, I didn't have any gaffer tape or anything like that. And I thought, oh, you know, there's probably not. I'll just deal with it. Everything had a little tiny light on it or LED on it. And some of the power adapters, not the ones I bring, uh, because I, I pre-gaffer those, but... Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, like the little things like the hotel has in there, there's little lights all over the place. There's little things on, they have the great blackout curtains in pretty much every hotel room so that you can close those and you're, you're, you're blocking the light through the window. If you have a window, but it just makes you notice all the blinky lights, all the little blinky lights. You look around everything. It's easy enough to unplug the alarm clock, but there's all, there's lights all over everything. The phone in the room is going to have 20 lights yeah. on it. You know, all of these little things, the little light switches in a lot of hotel rooms are illuminated switches. I don't, I, you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to know where this light switch is if I have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom. But you know what? I'll, I'll deal with that. I don't want the light showing me where you are all night long, little light switch all night long on. You know, I don't need that. So you've got to cover these things up. And we sound like insane people. Uh, but Totally but insane. But when do you need better sleep than the night before the big presentation or the job interview or the whole reason that you're going on that trip in the first place is to go there and get a good night's sleep before the thing that you have to do the next day? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll give you a couple right here. Well, I'm going to tell you about some I like. Oh, my God, please. Are you all right? i get another seltzer. Oh, no, I'll be fine. I'm going to get a seltzer. All right. Well, if you've got a web or mobile application, you need to know about New Relic. Somebody just tweeted me, I think it was this morning or yesterday, that they heard about New Relic here and signed up for it, and it's saving them time. What is this? 
Well, I'll tell you what, if you're a developer, this is going to be bad to be your best friend. This is the most easy to use analytics dashboard. It's going to give you as a developer code level visibility into the real time performance of the apps that you're building. What does that mean? It means you're going to spot bugs. It means you're going to see bottlenecks. It means you're going to fix problems fast before they affect your users. This is what New Relic does. You don't have to ship an app into production and wait and sit around helplessly wondering, well, I wonder where the bugs are. I wonder where the performance issues are going to be. I, I don't know. Oh, no. We're getting negative app reviews. We're getting bad tweets. You don't have to do that. You can have your engineers sit down and look and see, even if it's just you as the engineers, see what's working, what isn't, and you see it in real time. It's a lightweight agent. There is, the easiest thing in the world is to include this into your application. They've done all the heavy lifting. It's not, you're not going to have to write code to make this work. In fact, if you're lucky enough to be a Rails developer, all you have to do is add the New Relic gem and copy the YAML file that they give you. And it's, that's it. You're automatically collecting data. That's all there is to it. And it's just as easy in iOS too. So here's what you do. Go to newrelic.com slash back to work spelled out. Links will be in the show notes. Newrelic.com slash back to work. You're going to get a 30-day extended free trial. Go check them out. Offer code is back to work. Thanks again to newrelic.com for supporting 5x5 and back to work. Merlin, by the way, where can they find show notes for this week's episode? Uh, show notes for this week's episode. What is this, 156? It is 156. You go to 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 156. Simple enough. Simple enough. All right, hit, hit me. Do do your thing. You think I don't want to hit you. No, well, oh, <clears throat> hit um, me as hard as you can. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so the hotel thing, I do. I do two bananas things. If I remember, I do actually bring gaffer's tape, and I put gaffer's tape over every LED that is that is you know bright and blinking. And this can be stuff like I say TV. Uh, I put it over the peephole because the peephole is so bright. In a room. Once you're one of these crazy people like us, you're not, you're gonna crave this kind of darkness all the time. It could be stuff like battery chargers. There's all kinds of stuff. Basically, your room will feel lit up because of those blackout curtains. You will notice how lit up your room is. Right. And yeah, I do. I also put it over the people because it's, there's, there's so much brightness. The other huge thing I do, I'll take a towel or two and stuff them uh, under the door crack because that's a source of a lot of noise. Yeah. And the source of a, a huge amount of light. And then sometimes if there's like, you know, like you, you get in there and there's like 35 pillows. I'm, I'm not sure if this helps, but I'll put some of those 35 pillows over the uh, crack in the door too. I, I, I guess I want to feel bad because I know this sounds crazy, but I also know that it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. Because, you know, when I'm in a hotel, like there's already enough to contend with. I, I want to just forget about that whole experience and just go to sleepy La La Land. But the, the, key, the key to all this, and there's way more stuff. There's tons more stuff you can do in terms of like the actual environment. Some people say like uh, there's a Trader Joe's uh, like sleepy time tea that I like. What's it called? Well rested, I think it's called. Just a chamomile, chamomile. and um, Yeah, sle- sleepy, sleepy time, cozy time with the little bear and the little angel resting on a pillow and – there are some people who that just have half a cup of that, and it just knocks them on their butt. Um, it doesn't do that to me, but it does. Having that like maybe a half hour before bedtime um, will actually help me to get to sleep. Yeah. Some people like to put bourbon in it. I would caution against, if you're having trouble sleeping, I would caution against- Alcohol is bad, much. right? If you, if you can't sleep? Well, it's the same problem as, as like a Benadryl is frequently- Having you know two or more drinks, which I love to have, Gosh. Um, it will help you get to sleep. 
but it will not help you stay asleep. And you, that is actually, if you're having trouble staying asleep, alcohol can be a huge part of that. And you might be knocked out and I'm not even saying you're like drunk, but like that might be enough to make you go pretty deeply to sleep. Like how often have you been somewhere in an overheated room and had like two glass, large glasses of wine and you're like around boring people and you just really want to take a nap? Um, and, you know, I, I have to guess this is probably true for, for food and stuff, too. Like, if you eat a giant, like you do the sumo diet, <laughs> you have a nice big meal right before you go to sleep, you know, that'll, you're, a lot of your, the, well, you know what, I'm not going to try to talk science. All I'm going to say is don't do it. Um, <laughs> but but uh, so the sleeping time, too, some people say, um, like, a lavender smell helps some people sleep, taking a hot bath, having milk before bed, whatever works for you, all that stuff can be great. And I think the MacGuffin is that any of those things... Um, as we get into the second part, the, the preparation part, um, all of those things are now underscoring the fact that you're moving to a different mode, right? This is, this is, God, this is so true for so many creative things. It's so true for so many life things. It's that habit of doing this over and over and making yourself, making the, the evening version of you, making them follow the orders of the morning version of you. The morning version of you is really smart and knows lots of stuff. And, oh my gosh, let's get it all together. We really need to fix this. But the night version of you is, you know, but if you are a little regimented about that and say, okay, it's 930, it's time to go to bed. I need to be asleep by 10. Let's make that tea. Let's drink that tea. Let's turn everything off. Let's make sure and have a ritual, have a ritual going and brushing your teeth, washing your hands and face, whatever stuff you do before bed, making sure dumb stuff. I think these rituals are huge. Make sure all of your devices are plugged in for the night. You can rest easy knowing that they're there. And having them out of the room is even better. But again, the ritual, the ritual, the ritual. If you want to read a little bit, I would say maybe read a little bit before you go into the bedroom. Until you're really good at this, keep that as a completely separate mode that from now on, you don't need to like freak yourself out about it. But like the mode is when I go into this room, it's time to go to sleep. All the lights are off to the extent possible. And way overcompensating for all of these things. It sounds silly, but at first, it'll make a huge difference. Because you know why? When you're, when you're in bed, you're so used to laying there and wondering, am I going to sleep? Will I do well? You've now, if you've done five things to make that work, you got clean sheets. You got all of the lights off. You've got like a nice, quiet noise thing. You had a bath. You haven't watched TV for at least an hour before bedtime because that blue light's telling your eyes that it's time to be awake. Right. If you've done all of those things, there's a pretty good chance you're going to fall asleep. And if even if you don't immediately fall asleep, your brain kind of knows it doesn't have a reason to be awake right now. You've, if you've way gotten really compulsive about that, <laughs> I think that has a role in the same way. Think about how people in sports go through all these crazy rituals and superstitions and always doing things the same way. Do they need that to be great at their sport? Probably not, but it doesn't hurt. And that ritual over time, right, because just it, it, do the ritual for a week. It's, just giving, them, a week. it's giving them confidence, right? It's giving them... It's giving them a feeling that they're going to have better luck and whatever it is, if they get a, you know, wear a certain jersey or put on certain sneakers or whatever crazy thing they're, you know, use a certain mug, that's going to make them feel better about it. And that's enough sometimes to, to make the difference and having that ritual, it's, it's almost, this is going to sound super silly, but it's a feel good thing, you know, but it really is like, you know, that you have this ritual. These are the things that you need to do or that you have to do and doing them. It's like a Pavlovian response in a weird kind of a way, like doing them sets things in motion. You know, we've talked about sound machines. I'm a huge, huge believer in sound machines. When I put that sound machine on in a dimly lit or dark room, like that tells me mentally and physically time to sleep in a very positive reinforcing kind of a way. 
And it's something as simple as like the room is completely dark. I hear this sound. I will go to sleep. I'm that way with Claire de Lune. Um, we've got this one lullabies record that we used to play every single night and every nap. So really like twice a day for her entire napping years, Eleanor would hear this, this same um, record. And it starts with Claire de Lune. You know, this is like, bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. And the thing is now I've laid down with her so many times to get her to sleep, or I've been in the room so many times that now the second I hear those notes, it's like Manchurian Candidate. I know it's time to go to sleep. And I have to tell you, it would be all I could do to fight that, to stay awake, if that song kept playing at like a quiet volume. That's that's habit. And and the thing is with me, I you're never going to make me think that you're silly because of rituals. Well, that's not entirely true. But I'm a, such a huge believer in rituals because they keep us from doing stupid things. Think about all the training that you go through, like when you're in the, like if you're an astronaut or something. You know, there's probably a whole bunch of corners you could cut if you're an astronaut in terms of preparation, but it's better that you don't. Right. Because you go into it fully confident. And if you're, if you're an athlete who's done all this crazy stuff and like, the thing is what we notice is when they do something like, you know, wear the same shoes or whatever. What we don't notice is that that's part of an ongoing set of rituals that keep them heavily engaged in that game and thinking about it. And, you know, that goes all the way down to like an old 43 folders trick the, that, you know, whenever we go to a concert, I would, you know, we'd always, in my group, you're going, getting ready to go to go to Curtis Hickson. You got to have your, your tickets. Everybody had to take their ticket out of their car and hold it to their forehead before the car would start. Nobody's, we're not even allowed to turn on the ignition until everybody has looked at everybody else in the car right. and seen that they have a ticket and are holding it against their forehead. Could there be... Anything stupider in the entire world <laughs> than five young men sitting in a car holding Ingve Malmsteen tickets to their head. Nothing is stupider. But you know what? At least 50% of the time, one person did not have their ticket. <sighs> and we would not have discovered it if we had not done that stupid, stupid, stupid ritual that nobody wanted to do. Um, anyway, I think those rituals make a difference. We should talk about rituals. Let's, let's talk about that in another show. But so – Let's get back to – let's get – leave some time for the really important part. So there, there's a lot of – I don't know if we'll have time today. Oh, we're recording early, so we will have time. I'll try and find some good links for this stuff. But there's a lot of information out there about the mechanics of getting better sleep once you're in bed. I think – back to the MacGuffins. I think that's a great ritualistic start to getting this right. I think prepping, the second part, being ready to move into the mode of going to bed, I think that's all important. I think it is. it could be argued that the missing piece for most people, including me, is the last part, which is what you do during the day and how you plan toward a place where you can get good sleep, which sounds – that sounds a little crazy, right? It seems like, you know, oh, you know, spraying your house with lavender should guarantee a good night's sleep. Having a big-ass glass of milk before bed should sure help you sleep. I think those are all good. But – None of that will even happen unless the morning you, the daytime you, gets their gets their head right. Gotta get gets your the, mind. Gets you the gotta mind get your right. mind right. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Is that Struther Martin? Is that his name? I forget the actor's name, but it's funny because I was just watching that clip uh, last week because I was listening to the Guns N' Roses uh, playlist that I published on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, put that in the show notes. Yeah. Should I do our final sponsor of the week? Oh, yes, please. This episode I'm- is brought to you by Squarespace. I'll make I'll tell you the, the, the quick and easy part. Go to squarespace.com and you're going to get 10% off if you use the code FEAR, F-E-A-R. But a couple quick things. 
We told you about their two brand new iOS apps. Well, what is Squarespace? Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. We told you about their iOS apps. We told you about their awesome metrics. You know what the new thing is now, besides the new updated layout engine? It's the logo thing. Have you seen Squarespace logos? I did. I put it in the notes. It's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. It is amazing. Now, first of all, let me just, let me just say everybody who's going to Squarespace, they, they want to make a beautiful looking website. That's what they're there for. That's what they want to do, right? They want to, they want to make something that looks awesome. And a lot of these people aren't just doing their own personal sites or blogs or whatever. They're, they're, they're doing, they're getting their business online or they're getting a client business online. So every business, you really want to have some kind of little bit of identity. You want to have a logo. Well, now they have this brand new, uh, really, it's an app in and of itself, uh, squarespace.com slash logo. It lets you design a logo and all right there on the website. Now, you don't even have to be an existing Squarespace customer to design this logo. You can download. What? Yes, That's crazy. You can, down, you can create. Now, they've got something like 7,000. Uh, they've got 7,000, uh, icons, they're integrated Google fonts. They've got the noun project hooked into this. You can go and see what your logo will look like on a business card, on the website, on a t-shirt, and you can download the logo. They give you the white on black, black on white or, and, uh, and full color logos. They're free to use for non-commercial purposes, right? Uh, but if you're a Squarespace customer, you get the high res logo for commercial use for free. And if you, you just want to use a high-res version for commercial purposes, just go there and design it. It's 10 bucks. That's it. You pay it one time, you've got it. And these logos are so much fun. They're so great. And again, this is all free if you're already a customer. How do you become a customer? You go to squarespace.com and you put in the code FEAR and you get 10% off. So go check these guys out. We love them and uh, and we use them ourselves. Squarespace.com slash back to work if you want to get fancy. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work with Merlin Man. <laughs> you like that? Hmm? Yes, I do. I do like that. Um, hmm. Two two things I'm writing down for future uh, discussions. Ritual, the whole thing of ritual and when it's just purely superstitious mumbo jumbo yeah. and when it's a useful thing. But also I'm interested in the idea of morning me and evening me. Yeah. Morning me and nighttime me. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a George Carlin bit. It probably is. It probably, it's gotta be a George Carlin bit, but I mean, you know, the nighttime you who thinks that you can have move on to shots of tequila or Jägermeister has so little to do with the morning you who's trying really, really hard to get better at work and to be there on time and to impress people. And like, it's almost like you're two different people, really, uh, at least two. So the third part, first part, getting your, getting your bedroom environment to where it clearly could be a mode where you can sleep. Second part, getting to where you make the transition from daytime you to nighttime you successfully and consistently. And then the third part, the hard part, and the ineffable part is like, what do you have to do during the day to get better sleep? And I think, I don't know. Can I, can I address this? Please. Um, okay. Let's start with the obvious ones. The obvious ones, the easy ones. Start becoming aware uh, of how things in your environment have an effect on your energy and your attention and maybe how you feel about yourself. Right? So, this, this has such more far-reaching implications than you can imagine. Uh, really simple, the simplest example of all, you know, don't, if you think caffeine might be starting to have more of an effect on you than it used to, as it does with me, don't, don't drink coffee at six o'clock at night. Mm. 
maybe don't even drink decaf. Mm. Like it's not even worth the risk. Like what if that was accidentally not decaf? Now all of a sudden game over and you're going to be sitting in bed with your heart thumping, thinking about how your life is falling apart. <laughs> right. If you're like me, like that's what happens. So you need to make a real commitment with that, the, the smart daytime morning you, whatever you call it, that is the smart, that is the smart you that makes plans even when they aren't necessarily feasible, but is aware of those things. It's the organized you. It's the thinking you. It's the intellectual you, right? Um, it's the Apollo to your evening Dionysus. Right. And so you've got to leverage that. And so let's, the, as I say, the most obvious one is things like stimulating things like, uh, like caffeine. Or, you know, again, medications. I've sure been on some medications that could keep me up all night. Medication I used to be on, if I took it after 3 or 4 o'clock, I was really going to feel that. As much as I think I have a lot of constitution and hit points when it comes to things like most drugs and alcohol, there are some things that affect me longer than it should. Coffee. Um, and, and now I'm aware of that. Now I know. So what's, what's one way with the coffee thing? Well, try, try a lower caffeine or less stimulating option like during the day and the afternoon. I really like, I like jasmine tea. I think there's different kinds of teas you could have. There's that Runa tea I was talking about. That's mm-hmm. got, it's a, what is it? It's like a, it's like a green tea. Uh, but there's different ones and you could try ramping that down, try different things. Um, I'm sometimes, I have to say, quite surprised as I become a little more sensitive to caffeine. I should say, as I become more sensitive to caffeine's ill side effects, mm. I'm sometimes amazed the, how a cup of tea can, uh, can perk me up without sending me screaming out into the streets. Are you getting robot voice? Are you getting robot voice from me? No, you sound really good. Good. I'm sometimes amazed uh, at what I can get away with, with tea. But I'm going to also say, think about the kinds of foods that you eat. And this is going to sound nuts because you're thinking like, oh, how could what I eat for lunch have any impact on how I sleep? Well, I'll I'll give you a very specific example in my case. Morning you is thinking, oh, I'm so busy, 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 busy. I got all this stuff to do. It gets to be 1030. Oh, shoot. I uh, I really don't have time to eat. I'll have some more coffee. So you have another cup of coffee. Busy, 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 busy gets to be one o'clock. Whoa, how did it get to be one o'clock and I still haven't eaten? I better get some food. Two of the mini restaurants that are near my house or food serving places. One of them is a burrito place. Another one is a, a Chinese restaurant. And in both cases, I can go in there. In the Chinese place, I can get two pounds of chow mein for like $4 that I can pretty much guarantee will have me be asleep or wanting to be asleep mm. in about an hour. I could go to KFC and get a yummy, delicious, uh, um, famous bowl. That'll give me some energy. Right. I could go to the to the Mexican place and get like a giant beef burrito with lots of cheese and rice in it. <laughs> Every one of those, the kind of like comfort food for busy people, in my case, all of those will, if I'm not careful, make me feel really bad, yeah. make me feel really tired, and make me feel almost a little bit depressed. In the case of KFC, like I, nothing against the colonel, but I sometimes feel like, Oh, you dummy. What have you done? You were in a hurry and you went and scarfed down six of these chicken units and now look at you. Mm. So, but what does that have to do with sleep, right? What's it have to do with your mode of evening sleep? Well, think about this. Think about that constant need to re-self-regulate. You ignored the early morning signals that you should probably have some breakfast. You ignored the signals that said it's probably time for you to have a little bit of a, a human lunch, until your body was about to go into some kind of, uh, you know, self-consumption and you had to run out and buy this crappy food that was easy to get. 
Well, okay, that's already good because now all, that's already not good because you're not really eating in like a, in a grown-up daytime kind of way. You're eating like almost like it's some kind of an emergency. So you might have been having coffee all morning in my case. I go out and eat a giant burrito. That makes me want to take a nap. So now what am I going to do? Well, I'm either going to take a nap that's going to screw up my sleep later or what? Huh, I'll have some coffee. How about I have a big coffee? And this, to me, this right here exemplifies the biggest part of the daytime problem, the daytime pattern, is that we're smart enough to know what these things are we want to do, but we're not smart enough to schedule them in a way that deals with something as amorphously far off as 12 hours from now or six hours from now. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally does. All that food, that food is like medicine for better or for ill. Those are all things that will have a positive or negative impact. Everybody out there, if you're careful about it, you will eventually discover there are certain foods that make you feel good and give you energy without making you feel bad ways. And there's consistently, and there are certain other foods that consistently make you feel not that great. And that can vary at different times of day. But I can almost promise you that it will all have an impact later on. What you do this morning will have an effect on what you do later this morning. This sounds so bananas and so like fruity, but it's really true. You think you can put off having a good meal now. And so you instead you try to have a good meal later. That doesn't work out. You put that off. You put that off. You put put that off. You notice every time you're putting something off, you're causing more compression to happen later in the day. All that energy you were going to get earlier in the day now has to come from coffee. Now, to calm down from that coffee, maybe you need to have a drink. Now, after that, may, oh, boy, I really should have eaten before I had that drink. And now you're going to have the sumo dinner where you're going to eat like a <laughs> Subway sandwich right before you go to bed. And now you're wondering why you're not sleeping well. That problem started at like 9 that morning. Mm. It was a failure of planning, a failure of execution of that planning, maybe. But think about reverse engineering. What would you have to do to get to the position where you are rested and relaxed at your notional 9.30, getting ready for bedtime? What would you have to do backwards from there? Well, the kids would have to be in bed. The work would have to be done. Everything would have to be plugged in. Take that seriously enough to plan for it and then start consuming those, those – uh, Consuming the right kind and mix of things. Now we're really getting into crazy territory here. Great, great. We're middle-aged men talking about back problems, sleep, and food. Yeah, what was that? We're, we're so, experts we're on that. So Are you late. kidding? We're experts. Oh, but but so the planning part though is giant. I'm almost done with this. But the, the other part where the planning comes in. So I don't know if that resonates with you guys. But if you've ever been sitting there, like in my case, I forget to eat. I just forget to eat, and then when I very commonly when I forget to eat, that's when I eat junk. Because it's a because you're, like you're hungry failure. and you're like I need to sh- shovel something in here. I know I got to have something, but then I start fighting myself because I know that I know that there are foods that make me feel better and worse. I'm not stupid. I know that. So why I can't go to KFC because I I, I you know I don't want to go to KFC. I don't want to go to the, eat the giant burrito. I don't. I certainly don't want to have a coffee to perk me up at four o'clock because I know. But again, now I'm fighting those. Those the, the the nighttime and daytime me are really starting to fight each other, and that fight does get kind of ugly in the late afternoon. That's <laughs> that's when things really do get ugly. But here's the other part of planning. Um, you do need to start thinking about stuff like planning the events in your life too. Um, things like. Think, I mean, boy, as I get older, I do think a lot more about how often I'm going to go out at night because, boy, do I feel it the next day. Not just drinking, but, I mean, anything where it's going to – if there's going to be heavy activity in the house at 6 in the morning, uh, that's, that is a fixed point in time, as they say in Doctor Who. Like, that's not going to change. No matter how late and how much fun I had the night before, that 6 a.m. thing is going to happen. Yeah. It's going to wake me up. And any sleep I get, even incidentally, after 6 o'clock is not going to be as good 
as what I could have gotten before that. So the thing is bad on me. If I'm not in bed at 11 most nights or 10, preferably, doesn't happen much, then who do I have to blame but myself? Right. I know that that's what's going to happen. Uh, so you have to plan around those kinds of things. But you also have to plan in terms of like, think about when you're going to book flights to places. Think about, you know, think about not overcommitting so much. That's what I'm partly trying to say. A lot of where we get to where we are, and the part where a lot of you are going to continue to say, you just can't do this because you're too busy, and I understand. But it's because you are overcommitted to those things. But you do eventually have to ask yourself, how long are you willing to bear the brunt of that physically, mentally, emotionally, mentally? It's like to have your body be the whipping boy for that overcommitment. Because that's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And I don't think you have to be a physician at the Mayo Clinic to understand like how much that will have an effect, not simply on your body, but on the quality of life that you have. So that planning part, being that morning person who has all those good intentions and who knows, oh boy, I really should have gotten more sleep last night. There has to be some stuff that you put in place. You can call it habit, you can call it ritual, you can call it modes, but you're going to have to start thinking ahead about getting to where it will not be difficult to go to bed at night. It will not be stressful to go to bed at night. It will be the easiest thing in the world because it's just what you do now. And I think if you could do that, even a few nights a no, week, let me, let me interrupt you. Along. That thing you just said is like, to me, the most important part of this whole thing. It's just the thing that you do. And a lot of the yes. time, if you start questioning it or say, oh, do I really need to do that? Yes, this is the thing that I do. I just do this. Why do you do it? Because I found that not doing it causes problems. And I'm just not really going to think about that part of it. I'm just going to go and do it. That's how we are with washing hands. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly believe that we could probably not wash our hands anywhere near as much as we do. But I also really believe that it makes a difference because it builds the habit. When you come home from touching the world, take off your shoes and wash your hands because now you're in the mode of being in the house. That makes you a little bit more respectful of the house. And in some ways, I think like this is a place where we're not in the outside world. We've taken off our jacket. We've taken off our shoes and we're washing our hands because that's part of the transition. I think partly this is an American thing. I think in America, we don't have these formalities like you're fancy if you have a foyer where you like take off your shoes or like a mud room or something like that. But I, I think having you don't need to become, you know, Thurston Howell the third to, to see the value in. And the dignity and having a little bit of, of habit form around these things. But you're right. All those nice-to-haves are really the things that we throw away the fastest. And it's the things that can actually have the most impact on us. Do you have, give me other examples of those. You got other ones like that? That's tricky. I mean, I'm, I think... Well, cheat foods. Cheat foods, right? You could, yeah. you could eat cheat foods more yeah. and still be on the diet that makes you feel good. Yeah. But you don't because you know that's the diet that makes you feel good. Yeah, I mean, I've for me, food it's it's this funny thing because people I think very often really want to, and and this is I think the response to this would be, well, of course, people really want to enjoy the food that they're eating. Well, of course, you should enjoy it. Um, but if if that's an important requirement for you, then there's a chance you might be eating stuff that's not necessarily the best stuff for you. Uh, you know, we've talked about me being paleo and that kind of thing, but a lot of the time, like I want to eat the right food. I want to eat the food that's going to have the right kind of nutrient density and that kind of stuff. We don't need to get into that now, but the main point of it for me is I just want to make sure 
that I have the food that I need to have so that I have energy and so that I'm eating according to my definition of healthy. And, you know, it's not so important to me anymore that it be a great meal or that every meal be a great meal. And there's that easy, easy habit to fall into to say, I just got to eat something like you're talking about, about eating the the crappy food or snacking or whatever, uh, as you know, as opposed to saying, well, I'm going to eat. So like today for lunch, I'm probably going to go to Elevation Burger, which is this really great grass-fed. Uh, it's like a fast food restaurant, but they use grass-fed burgers. They cook them with the right kind of you know oil and all this stuff. So it's very paleo. You can get it on lettuce, and it's 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 affordable and it's my definition of healthy. And I can go in there and for a few bucks eat a fast, healthy, straightforward lunch that's nowhere near. As good as, you know, going downtown and eating Lambert's barbecue, which would be fantastic. But I don't have time to do that today. But I'm not going to skip lunch because lunch is important. I'm not going to just eat whatever crap I can, you know, find at a convenience store because that's not good. You know what I mean? But it, it takes work. It takes planning. But if you change your expectations and, and don't get me wrong, elevation's fantastic and we're really lucky to have it. But, you know, if it, it maybe it's leftover chicken breast and a salad that's from last night or that you picked up at the thing. It doesn't have to be amazing, outstanding, delicious food to provide you with sustenance. But if your expectation is that you really want to enjoy every meal and why shouldn't you enjoy every meal? Well, then you're going to be like, I don't really want that crap. And then you're going to you're going to create this extra level of thought and complication in your day. Am I making any sense with this? You are making, you're absolutely making sense and you're, you're getting right at the, the heart of it, which is that, um, two things. First of all, that, um, I remember this health, this cartoon from health class when I was a kid, it might've been a Disney one. Your, your health is like an equilateral triangle, right. you know? And the thing is, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but you, you're, you're short. If you can imagine my two hands, almost like I'm holding up boobs or something here. Imagine your hands shoring up these little parts of your life. Like as your, as your sleep gets a little bit better, you can try to eat a little bit better. As you eat a little bit better, you may have the energy to exercise. Oh my God. As you exercise a little bit, suddenly you're going to find that you sleep better. <laughs> and I, it's kind of similar to the way we talked about time and attention rewarding one another. I think, and I'm not talking about, I'm not a healthy guy. Like I'm not like a, Ooh, look at me. Like I read magazines about bodies guy. It's not that it's a matter of staying alive. It's, it's really, you know, if you, if you put it this way, in your case, if you were to have these really high minded ideas about what your diet should be without putting preparations in place, it would be unsustainable. And you'd be mad at yourself because you'd be saying, Oh, I can't eat that because it's not grass fed and on lettuce. And you say, Oh, screw it. I'll just eat Lance products right, out of a machine right. because I got to have something. And now you're mad. And now you got all this junk in your body. And now you got all these nitrites. And, you know, and, and I, I honestly believe it can start to have an effect on stuff like sleep. If you waited a really long time to eat, maybe it's really late now. And now you're di- still digesting by the time you're trying to go to bed at night. I think that, I guess I'm trying to say there's two things here. First of all, these habits are patterns that support one another. But also what you're describing here is you, if something matters a lot to you, if it's important to you, it means a lot to your health or your life, then you have to plan for it. You do have to be flexible about it. And you have to realize that even if it's not perfect today, it doesn't mean that it can't exist tomorrow. Just there's not to stay with something like a paleo diet or whatever, or in my case, my, my weird sleep obsession, you know, well, having one bad night of sleep does tell me does not is not a signal to me that I should just bag it and start staying up all night again. 
no, you got to be a grown up about it and come back the next day and say, I'm going to do this better. Now, in the morning, you has the opportunity to say, what could I have done better than right? In my case, like today, I brought some boiled eggs to work. Uh, after we finish this, I'll have one of those. Then I will go home and have some leftover tri-tip. Oh, man, I killed it with the tri-tip last time. Mm. But because uh, I knew that would be there waiting for me because I know on days where I do the show, if I don't do that, like who cares, right? This is just two guys talking about eating and podcasts. <laughs> That's a great Talking Heads record, by the way. But uh, but it's but it, it does matter. It does matter because you know it's if there's it's so easy to look at stuff that hasn't gone the way you want and just go like, oh, what a mess. There's so many things wrong with this. But if you actually start taking that giant wad of all this all this tangled up yarn and taking it apart, you'll discover that there are some fairly stunningly obvious, simple, annoying things, not easy, but simple things that can make a difference. And in this case, you know, we can't even get into eating today, but the eating, eating and sleep, what you put in your body, what you expect out of it, but also then how you leverage your own stupid brain Mm. to figure out how to have that life that you want. It makes a huge difference. And if you're over here running around trying to, if you're walking around with a four hour sleep deficit every night, is it, is it any wonder at all that you're not processing well, that you're not thinking well, that you're not eating well? Because you're not deciding well. Right. Because you haven't slept well. Well, you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? We should start by getting lunch. Yeah, I know. You make me want that elevation. It's good, man. When you come to Austin, we'll uh, we'll get you that. I'm there right now. Turn around. What? Reek, 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 reek. Let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.